Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 257. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I'm feeling a little feisty today. We're working out some ideas for things future to podcast come. Episode, yeah. Future podcast, but you know, some things get you wound up, and then you start talking about other things, and you go on from one topic to another. Like, obviously, if you guys have heard us before, you know that's what we do, and we do that in our personal life. So, Brian and I were all over the spectrum here talking about stuff, and I think I, I'm a little wired right now. I'm pretty wired. Fired too. up. Fired up. Excited. Yeah. Recordings on a Thursday. Fall has already officially begun. We're talking about ski passes this episode. Little comparison. Skiing. Very excited. Thank you all so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibonepodcast.com. Go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. We really appreciate that. Follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at Skibone Podcast. Send us an email, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. Big shout out and thank you to our sponsor, Paradise Skis. Paradise. They make seriously fun skis. They are all about making skiing as fun as possible, whether it's shredding laps in Hawaiian shirts, bringing the parking lot apparatus, or getting up early to go for that huge backcountry objective. It's our mission to build skis and snowboards that allow our customers to enjoy every single day in the mountains. I've got the red skis back over there. Can't wait to get them mounted. Get on them soon. You got the blue for the backcountry. Did, you, red did for you get resort. the uh, bindings yet? I have the bindings They're on the floor here. I got the skis right there. Nice. I have to put them together. But I'm trying to, to do a little photo shoot before I do that. I'm I think people are right to Brian on how to do it by himself. So, uh, maybe tonight <laughs> after, after the apres, <laughs> try doing it live. That would be, that that would be would something. Be, that would be pretty interesting. Yes. So... If you want to check them out, go to paradiseskis.com. Use the code SKIBUM15 for 15% off. Thank you, Paradise Skis. They got some dope skis. Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for Opre today. So this is the sound of a, a nice cocktail going. So when you hear this, you're a gentleman in a nice establishment that just had a nice drink port. So... I poured myself, this is uh, a few in, this is my old fashioned. Uh, so I actually decided I'm out in the store. Well, actually last week, this goes back to last week. I was like, you know what? I want an old fashioned. I'm like, shit, I don't have the stuff to make it old fashioned. So I'm at the store today. I'm like, oh, I want to make it old fashioned. I, it, it feels like an old fashioned because it's getting a little <laughs> fall Are supposed weather. to drink every time you say old fashioned because they're like six, six old fashioned by now. Yes, so if you're on the on the old fashioned uh, drink game, uh, I think I'm going to talk to you about the old fashioned. So <laughs> I'm at the store looking for the for the ingredients for the old fashioned, and <laughs> I come across this Bar Smith's old fashioned mix. So I was curious about this, and I was like, you know what? Rather than buy the uh, what is it? The maraschino cherry liqueur and all the other stuff. Like there's a lot of stuff, like depending how crafty versus how easy you want to make it. So this is a mix. Um, I mean, how many ingredients are really in an old fashioned? It's what, like bourbon. Yeah, I'm like, thinking this is maraschino, sim- maraschino cherry, simple syrup. That's what I'm really you're thinking. You're supposed to like burn an orange rind, aren't you? Oh, I burned some shit in here. Um, oh, Got the orange rind in there. I did the, I did it right. Got the orange rind. I got the little, I don't have the Luxardo cherries because the establishment I went to is not as high class as having that, but I got the Stonewall. I didn't think, I didn't think Maraschino had cherry or the old fashioned had cherries. I thought that was just Manhattan. The old fashioned you garnish with the cherry. Oh, that's right. So the Maraschino liqueur is in the, I don't know. All I know is I got this and they have the directions on it. Just pour this, which is simple syrup and some other, some other stuff and put your bourbon or whiskey and then garnish. Oh, you got to do the uh, bitters. So I had the regular bitters, but I sprung this week for the orange bitters. Mr. Fancy made a huge difference. I got to say it's a little more orangey, a little more 
like citrus, like Get just more vitamin C, just nice and still bitter, but like orange bitter. So it's kind of, kind of good. And then the cherries were good. So that's the garnish. And then of course, with a orange peel, the orange twist. So, so isn't the whole complicated part of the old fashioned is the whole like smooshing up of the sugar cube. That's that, why that's like the hassle part. That's what this does. So this is it's simple syrup. This is just simple syrup. This has to be like, yeah. So some people burn these, the sugar cube, right? You put it on fire and they put it in the glass and you smash it. And there's, there's a whole process and it's great. If you want to, you know, if you, if you got friends over and you want to impress, you do that shit, right? That's all. But if you want an old fashioned, cause you like the way it tastes, find a cheat way. You just got to find a cheat method, you know? And just like, boom, boom, bourbon, and I'm done. And just start start going at it. Uh, I use bullet bourbon, not the rye. They recommend rye. So I kind of recommend rye, but rye's sweeter than the than the regular bourbon, I think. It's usually spicier. Isn't, the, isn't bourbon a little sweeter and rye's a little uh, spicier? Yeah, I don't know. It depends on the What on if the you do one rye? and one? Because it's usually two ounces. One ounce of rye, one ounce of bourbon. I need to do a side-by-side comparison. That's like a perfect Manhattan. Well, I got to go back out to the store now and get some rye. Just okay. saying. I got a lot of whiskey around. I'm trying to get rid of that. You know, I'm not a big whiskey fan. I'm a bourbon fan. And you know what I got for like well, gifts bourbon last is year? A whiskey. It is, but it's definitely not peaty. It's a little sweeter. It's just a little less of a funky taste. I don't know. I just don't like the whiskey as much. You mean like a and, scotch uh, or an Irish whiskey? Scotch either, you know, um, but I got a lot of gifts last year that were like whiskey, like, oh, whiskey, whiskey. And I'm like drinking. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have a bourbon. Mm. So I got to tell people when they come like to visit, like if you ever get me a gift, like get bourbon, that's just bourbon. Or has to be bourbon. Receipt. That's it. Can you return Don't... liquor? I, I kind of want to, but then I feel bad. So then I just drink it. I find a way to drink it, you know. Tea. But, like, I, but think about it. Like, can you actually return liquor, or is that illegal? If it's unopened, maybe. It's like returning underwear. So return underwear. I want that shit back. Bye. You don't want to, but I think they have to, right? Yeah, I don't still think has so. a tag. Well, like bathing suits, they say like you can't return a bathing suit if you've worn it. Like there's some sort of of the tag or something. Like once you pull that off, like we'll see. You, you don't pull off the tag. Me I don't want the you boys down there. That's right. Well, here's here's the other thing. Do you go in and try on a bathing suit when you go someplace? Nope. That's pretty fucked up. I'm just go and buy it. Because your boys are with somebody else's boys, and then you wash it before you even put it on. So that means you take the tags off to put it in the washer. So if it doesn't fit after all this stuff, you're just like, I got to just, you know what? It's worth it to me to just throw it in the garbage or give it to somebody. I'll give it away. Um but who in goodwill wants it? Who wants, wants a, a used bathing suit? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> That's big bathing suit. They got us. Big bathing suit's got us. You got to weigh in your your circumstance that you're getting into. Like, whose boys were in there? Is there a jacket? Is there hair in there? Like, what's what's going on in that whole region of, like, you buying another used, potentially used bathing suit? It's just, it's, it's part of the equation. Always. The permutations will blow your mind. Yeah. Speaking of blowing your mind. So what do you got, Brad? Mine. <laughs> so summer is just ending. But does that, that does not mean I have completely drank all my summer beers and I got to get rid of them. I know last week delved into the Oktoberfest already getting a little frisky for fall. fall frisky, frisky fall. Woo. But I'm deciding to go to one of our highlights of the summer. What you got? I got some smooch. Smooch. Smooch pina colada hard seltzer smoothie. Now, is that this, what the one you did last time? or This is the same one I did last time. Nice. This is just the most bizarre, delicious thing that's ever been invented. It's still delicious. Legit fruit. How many three, calories is that, Mofo? Three goddamn hundred calories. Just a little, <laughs> tiny, little <laughs> tiny little can here. That's three sodas right there. Boom. So much sugar. But I gotta tell you, it's really I feel good. better about drinking my old fashioned now. Your nine old fashions that you had? This is it's nine of them. 
This is actually, it's really good. It's the pina colada one. They actually use real fruit in there. They use pineapples. That's I, nice. I'm drinking out of a margarita glass because it was That's cold. pretty good. Yeah. It's actually got this creamy head and it's just, it tastes pina colada-ish. It tastes more like a pina colada than a hard seltzer. Nice. If you can find this stuff, like, it's just, it's silly. It's ridiculous. I've looked. I can't even order it online to get it delivered. It's pretty mind-boggling. So I'm drinking like liquid gold then pretty much. Nice. And even if you wanted this, you could not get it. Whew. I do have a package getting ready to go ship to you. That's going to happen any day. Oh, and you're going to get some, some different beers and some other stuff and maybe some gummies in there. Who knows? <laughs> well, perhaps post, office, post office delivers a bunch of shit. They don't even know. They don't know nothing. <laughs> well, maybe I'll find them some smooge. Send it your way. Smooge. Smooge. So I mean, it's got to be some place that has it. Yeah. Maybe the liquor store where people are getting shot at by you has it. So I was actually looking for Boone's Farm today because I wanted to make, according to our last podcast, I mentioned I wanted to make my own hard seltzer. And I was like, how about Boone's Farm and seltzer? It'd be Boone seltzer, right? That'd be perfect. Mm. Belzer. It'd be Belzer. Belzer. So yeah, smooch, delicious, bizarre. It's smooch. It is very good. Delicious. So with that, let's go to ski news. All right, rolling in. So this is an interesting story. An end of unfettered growth for short-term rentals in Colorado's resort communities. Damn. Breckenridge and other mountain towns are trying to slow the growth of vacation rentals in an effort to ease housing and labor issues. Now, this article goes to talk about some folks who, you know, own some places in Breckenridge. You know, it's a 17-unit lodge and, you know, again, short-term rentals. And it turns out that a bunch of folks who have similar uh, properties and are, you know, airbnb them out are trying to urge the city council to consider a proposed cap and crackdown on short-term rentals in a town that has long relied on private property owners to house visitors. Hmm. We talked about Breckenridge and in particular. They want owner visitors, not everybody's visitors. I see where this is going. Correct. And, you know, the article goes into more details about it. And this all just seems to scream hotels paying off city council members or, you know, some groups who are not financially benefiting from a change in people's actions. Because, you know, it used to always be you have to go to a hotel. You have to go, you know, that, that was pretty much where everyone would go. And then when Airbnb came along, people who own properties could then be their own little mini hotels. Yeah. And I think that kind of hit the hotel industry harder than they expected it. So they're probably getting pissed off and losing revenue. So they're finding ways to just put in laws to stop people. I mean, that's, it's bad. Everybody's like, well, I can talk to the council person and we'll get on the docket and we'll vote it and boom, done. Um, I just think it's, it's a little bit creepy when you think about, so they never regulated it before. So they want to regulate it now because they don't like where it's gone. So they would rather you have your friends and family and personal people come down and visit almost like having your own country club, <laughs> well, but an unregulated your- country club without dues that people don't break the laws and say, we're going to just open it up to any riffraff that come down to our posh, sweet little neighborhood. Well, so. there's that. And there's one other kind of part where they, you know, they talk about too, is they're trying to turn down applications and increase regulations partially because of the shortage of available housing and dwindling numbers of workers. So, you know, if you had a place that used to be, that's a and, different problem. That's a different problem. Now, if but they're trying to put it together to serve their own purpose. That's the problem is that they're trying to frame it in this way that, Oh, well, we don't have enough employees and they can't afford to be here because of your Airbnb. Mm. It's like, well, are you rich fuckers going to put your house up for workers to stay in? No, they're not. Of course not. Yeah. So if you're going to like allow workers to stay in your place, great. Just 
offer your place up at low rent so that workers in the community can can stay there and work. That would be great. Or like the hotels, like, oh, we're only at like 80% capacity most of the time. All right, we'll use your rooms then for short term, you know, for employees for this for the winter time. So yeah. you could you stay at a hotel room for the whole winter for the price that they would be paying at a apartment or a condo or whatever. I don't have a lot of sympathy because I'm like, well, you have a problem in your town that you've created because you never created affordable housing for workers or at least worker area. So what you do is you actually exploit workers that come in, like we've seen, we've talked to people in, in Whistler when we've been up there. Um, there'll be like five people, six people in a one bedroom apartment because that's all they can afford. Otherwise, we've heard of people sleeping in the sh- in in their cars, um, and it happens. But they don't want that to happen in their neighborhood. But what is going to happen when people don't have any place to stay, and you need people in the community working to serve all the functions that you want for your mountain, for your community, for your restaurants, your bars that you want to go to? You know, things got to get covered. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And again, like I, you know, it, it does suck those situations where people who need to work there can't find housing, but I don't think any sort of government intervention into any of this really fixes the problem. It just creates new other problems. What you're going to get to is by, the, by passing this, they're going to get people to say, I can't go there because I can't afford to work there and live there. So now you can pay your workers 50 to hundred percent more to work there because that's what they're going to have to make to be able to at least afford being there. And they're showing a picture too of these like Telluride residents yeah. who are, you know, getting petitions to, you know, for increased regulation of short-term rentals. It looks like, like the setup for a pillow fight, right? It's, it's like, Hey, <laughs> Telluride people who like your property has quadrupled in the last 10 years. Yeah. It's like, well, there's no one to, f- you know, there's no one to uh, be employed at the sushi restaurant I want to go to. Yeah, like that's what, people, that's what these people's problem seems to be, is that, oh, well, the restaurant I want to go to or the shop I want to go to doesn't have enough people working there. It's like, that's your biggest problem? Like, I mean, it sucks for the business owner. I mean, they got to find a way to get employees in there. But it's, it's, it's not going to be fixed by you petitioning this and ending this it creates ordinance. It's just not going to fix it. Yeah. I just think they're not looking at what's really happening and they want to look past everything, not believing that, Oh, you know what? The people that are around me that serve me, that actually help me do things in the community, the restaurants, the, the, the bakeries, the services, the mass transit, whatever they have, the, the mountain, you know, where, Oh, they're people too. You mean they have to stay somewhere? Yeah, you need to recognize the people around you because they're part of your community. As much as you won't recognize them, they're part of your community. They need a place too. And I think this is this is a big thing that's going to hit a lot of ski areas, and because it's been wrenching up for years and years and years. This isn't something new. This has been going on for years. Yeah, and this is you know you look at real estate prices in any of these big ski towns. And I mean, I was just looking for shits and giggles on Zillow. And most of those workers are on HB five visas. They're, they're just from another country, just like staying there. Just, you know, dude, you can't touch, like there's nothing into, I think the cheapest thing in Telluride was probably 800,000. And it was a studio apartment. Yeah, like it's bananas. It's absolutely insane right now. Jackson Hole have talked about it plenty of times. Insane. Yeah, all the big ski towns. Like it's just you can't afford to live there. And so many people. I mean, some are using them as Airbnbs, I guess. Like I just, but isn't that their right? If they do want to do it that way, but is this? It's going to implode eventually. It has to. It's unsustainable. Yeah. I mean, just the way the pricing has gone up, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the solution is to this, but I don't think adding an ordinance and again giving government the power to tell people how they can use their house is going to fix it. Yeah, I mean, I think you and I were were looking at uh, different rental properties or different like 
properties to purchase that we were like, oh, this is pretty cool. That's not a bad deal. And then you read the 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 bylaws, like in in the the listings, they would be like, and you must rent it to somebody, you know, to to people working in the in the area, which it's it's interesting. So they're like, well, this is available for you to buy, but you have to rent it out. You can't stay there. Have to rent it out to someone else. So it's interesting that they've already done that, but this is a big problem. And you know what? This little thing that they're trying to pass is not going to solve it, and they're not addressing the real issue. Yeah. But again, there's 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 no immediate solution right now. I don't think. Yeah. No. It's going to go on for a while. We'll hear about this. We'll have many many stories about this. Able to fix this. Exactly. But fixing something, Tomorrowland Winter Festival is back in 2022. That's a problem that can be fixed. <sighs> That's a good problem. So yeah. uh, tomorrow, Tomorrowland Winter will take place from March 19th through 26th. Mark your calendars, 2022, with tens of thousands of revelers from across Europe and beyond expected to fill the village and mountains of Alpe d'Huez. So France, Alpe d'Huez, big... Uh, Tour de France, like climb area and a nice ski area. Uh, so they unveiled the names of the artists who will be performing on this second edition of Tomorrowland Winter. Now, I was telling Brian when they first came out with Tomorrowland, I remember when they first came out with that promo, I was like, I got to be there. And the person I was hanging with at the time was like, you know, that's like be a lot of drugs and everything. I'm like, what's going on? Like, there's going to be a lot I of... I know, music. there's no downside, right? I'm like, <laughs> where's the downside? You gotta stay in a tent. Like, it was all it was all aces. So, I don't know if I missed the uh, calling on that. Uh, it would have been like Burning Man. This is like a, a more chill, happy, organized Burning Man. I don't know. Um, but if you like EDM music, you like just, just dance music, um... So they're welcoming welcoming Adriatic, Afrojack, Armin Van Buren, Dimitri Vegas, uh, and like Mike, Kung's Lost Frequencies, Martin Solvig, Offenbach, Paul Kalmbacher, Kalmbanner, sorry, Kutanis. Uh, so it's like these this festival is awesome. They usually set up like at least three stages and they have shit going on. It's just wild uh tent village the whole thing festival village will be able to enjoy performances throughout the day at a variety of stages throughout the uh throughout until sunset all accessible to non-skiers and pedestrians as well as skiers and boarders so they're saying people can keep partying throughout the night in uncovered heated main stage huh that's snowbladers not snow. Yeah, they are. Snowbladers might be there. Um, seven day packages on sale and 40 packages on sale. So uh, go on sale this Sunday, September 25th, which is actually this Sunday. Um, tomorrowland.com. I'm, I'm thinking about going. I think we, we got to go cover this for press, Brian. I got to write to them. because That would um, be super awesome. Now, again, you kind of have to like electronic music. It's not for everybody. I get Freaking that. I love it. Dude, I, I love it. I don't know. Just something about it. too. But if you <laughs> put the link on there to All night. Adriatic, they played at Optihue a couple of years ago. And the scenery, like you go to YouTube, you can watch their circle set. And it's, they're, they're posed like right up there at the top of the mountain. There's a big Apresky party hut right there. People are going up on the lifts and skiing. There's drone footage. It's really, really cool. Dude, this is very similar to... It's like a bigger Folly Deuce on the mountain. Like, it's like... I don't know. It's not one place. It's multiple places on the mountain. This looks yeah. pretty freaking baller. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. So, it's coming up. They're going to have it this year. Hopefully, it won't get canceled. Super excited. Tomorrowland. So, if you're in Europe, you can enjoy that. And also, if you're in Europe, boy, this is a good week for you this week. <laughs> Fully vaccinated European skiers can visit the U.S. this winter as travel restrictions are eased. So a couple of days ago, it was announced that the U.S. would travel uh, ease travel restrictions for fully vaccinated foreign nationals visiting the country beginning November. 
In early 2020, in reaction to the growing pandemic, President Trump limited travel first from China, from China, and then from the UK, Ireland, and the Shenzhen zone. Which I just learned the Shenzhen zone. The Shenzhen zone is like most of Europe. Yeah, is that crazy? Sounds yeah. like it's in like China, but it's China, like it's in Europe. It's Europe. It's like continental Europe plus Scandinavia. Yeah. It's the annexing of Europe by China. That's what's happening. It's strange. International travel is critical to connecting families and friends, to fueling small and large businesses, to promoting the open exchange of ideas and culture. That's why with science and public health as our guide, we have developed a new international air travel system that both enhances the safety of Americans here at home and enhances the safety of international air travel. That's from White House Pandemic Coordinator, Jeff Zients. Thanks, Jeffy. Thanks, the Jeff. The White House said yesterday that fully vaccinated adults from 33 countries, including the UK, China, and the EU nations, would be allowed to fly into the U.S. This is great news for skiers and holidaymakers from the UK and Europe wishing to visit the U.S. this winter. Hmm. Issues could arise of which vaccine the U.S. recognizes. The AstraZeneca vaccine has been widely used across Europe, but not been approved for emergency use in the U.S., reports The Independent. So if you're a good little vaccine getter in Europe, you may be able to come to the U.S. and enjoy our snow. I think they're blocking us right now, right? They're, they're like, U.S. is a hotspot. We're just blocking you down. Uh, the last time I checked, yeah. But yeah, I'm it's crazy. Hopefully they'll all start opening up again. You come here, but we can't go there. Yeah. That's the what I don't understand. The how do they let you how do they let you back if they won't let us back there? Like how do they let you back after visiting here? That's right? the rub. You're tainted. That's the rub. That's the rub. You're so there. tainted. You're just totally tainted. TT. Nope. All right, next up we got Vail Resorts announces indoor safety protocols for the 2021-22 season. So here's what we have to look forward to at a lot of resorts across the country, probably. Uh, but at least they're coming out early with their their restrictions and plan for uh, indoor access to stuff. Um, so they're saying that they're, of course, they're fortunate that everything play, takes place outdoors, mainly on a ski area. Uh, but indoor, they're saying... Uh, they will not have a mountain reservation system, which is big. So last year they had a reservation system. You had to get on, see if you can get a pass and then be able to buy it at what is it? Two something a year, <laughs> a day. Um, face coverings will be required for indoor settings. Uh, guests will be required to book a reservation to eat on many mountain uh, restaurants, which isn't bad. I got to say, the shit show we've had at Killington with the nice resort <laughs> up at the top, I would rather they do a reservation system and you know if you're getting in or not, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, guests will be required to show proof of COVID-19 vaccinations to dine indoor on Mountain Quick Service cafeteria restaurants. So they're going to actually ask you for your vaccine. Uh, so I don't know. Are they chipping us now, Brian? Is everybody getting chipped? They just scan you like a doggy and you get a little chip that says, oh, just, yes, I got my vaccine or it's you just show so some much, fake ass card. It's just so much easier that way. Just or do you show chip. some photocopy card in a holder and then that works too? Cause you know, that's, that's another way to go. You can have it tied to your Apple ID. You can have it, your, your state produced vaccine passport. So yeah. do you have to give like a little semen and, and blood sample too with that? Well, they're not saying that yet, but perhaps by the time Christmas rolls around, they may be implementing that as well. <laughs> I think every time somebody asks you for your COVID card, you should give them the semen sample as, as well. Yeah. Wait, hold on a sec. I got to give you a semen sample. <laughs> Boom. Well, sir, that's not hey, if you, if, you're sorry, this... mask, if you're wearing a face mask, how are they going to know who did it? Exactly. Well, they can analyze the semen, I guess. I think everybody should wear a ski mask as face masks. Ongoing. I just thought they, just they won't know who does what giant semen database. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We, this is like the 15th 
entry, and it's the same one that we got yesterday. Yeah. So they're saying that it's the the dining is the only part of the resort experience that will require proof of vaccination unless required by a local public health like so the whole canada so the whole problem i have with proof of vaccination right so when i was in canada they actually asked for vaccine cards but they're like no we don't recognize those because they don't have a qr code and i'm like yeah you're right like how do you, how can you validate this they're like we're not going to call up the fucking cvs or walgreens you went to and validate it just to get you in the door. Like we want to scan it and have you on a database. So what Canada did smartly, but creepily is they QR coded everybody. And they said, okay, you scan this little barcode. And just like a Nazi, you, you have a barcode on your arm and boom, you're, you're scanned and you're in the system. And we know that you had your, your vaccine, but because we were from America, we had these cards that they're like, oh, we don't know what these are. We can't validate them. So you can't sit inside. So I was like, thanks, America. So how how long till someone finds a way to uh, hack their their passport, their QR code, and has it just like totally download some you know, malicious code that like wipes their whole system out? That's a beautiful idea. But how about take a picture of the code and you just pull it up and using the same code over and over and over. Someone else's code. Yeah. Like it's, there's, there's ways it just, it's just silly. It's just all silliness. Like, and you can't validate shit. Like they weren't writing stuff down. They got to rely on some other company making sure they write it down. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't get it. Just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you don't have the virus again. Exactly. That's the thing to me that drives me the most insane is that it's the, all they care about is the vaccine passport, but it doesn't mean you're not sick and can't continue to spread it. Exactly. It's, so it's, so it's just because you're vaccinated, anymore. they're like, Oh, just come on in. It's, it's, it's cool. Like it doesn't mean you guys aren't going to spread it to me. I'm not going to spread it to you. Like, so I had COVID and they're like, well, you're seven times more resistant than getting the Moderna vaccine. So why would you get the vaccine? So now people are requiring it for work and there's a whole shit show going on. So there's no real, while they say follow the science, they're really not following the science. They're following whatever science they want to follow and they want you to follow. So it's all about, don't do what I do. Just do what I say. How about that? It's all about control. It's not about health anymore. Bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yeah. So you get a vaccine and people are like, well, we're afraid of people that are vaccinated getting infected that by people that are unvaccinated. Well, just in what you just said, why would you be afraid if you're vaccinated? Isn't the vaccine supposed to prevent you from getting sick? That was a great meme I saw. It was like the protected need to be protected from the unprotected by forcing the unprotected to use the protection that didn't protect the protected. Boom. Exactly. Boom. Roasted. Like I just, we're just in a very, a very disturbing. It gets dark and deep right quickly. Now. Yeah, it gets dark and deep very quick, which is which is unfortunate because and it's a lot of bullshit and back talk and double talk and yeah. I just I get fed up with it. I'm like, this is all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, you listen to what you want to listen to. You follow what you want to follow, and you know if you if it makes you feel safer, great, take it. You know and what? You feel, You're responsible yeah. for yourself. It's yes, great. responsible for yourself. And if you're sick, you should probably be staying home anyway. If you don't feel well, either yeah. way. If it's COVID or the flu, I mean, we never did this for the flu. It's never like, oh my God, we're testing everyone, make sure they have a flu vaccine. We're testing everyone to make sure they have a polio vaccine. We're making sure everyone's got a mumps vaccine. Dude, during flu season, when I was up north, like people would come in and they'd be hacking. I'm like, what's the matter? Like, I don't feel that great, but I got to get stuff done. I would feel like punching them in the face. I'm like, why are you walking in the office and going to get everybody sick with a goddamn cold or flu or something? Like, really? Just have a little more common sense. You don't feel good. Stay the fuck home. Like, it's not that important. Your life is not that. I guarantee you, your life is not as important as 10 other lives. Just stay the fuck home. Yeah. Yeah, and it, everything's just become politicized. Like no matter what side, of the, what you know, whatever side you you choose to be on or agree with, that's that's the standard. But there's a lot they, of peer pressure right now. Tons people of peer are like, pressure. oh, you didn't get the vaccine. Like, what, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, oh, you got the vaccine. Oh, that's great. You're in the group. You're you're oh, car. You're one of us. But let's not talk to them because they didn't get the vaccine. Like, 
what's that about? We're not, it's we're finding, not supposed to be like that. Yeah. Divide, distract, deceive. That's what the media is doing. That's exactly divide, what it is. Divide, divide, divide is a lot of it. That's the message coming out. Yeah. You're on the wrong political scale. You're on the wrong COVID scale. You're on the wrong vaccine scale. You're on the wrong uh, demographic scale. You know, it's yep. pretty soon they're like, well, you're, you're too black or you're too white or you're too Hispanic or you're too Asian. Like, what the you, fuck? Really? Like, we got to gotten, that level? You haven't gotten your 37th booster now. I only like people who got all 37 boosters. Anyone who's got 35 boosters is an asshole and a bigot trying to kill everybody. That's, that's, that's coming. That's where this is going. And, you know, it quickly jumps. Like, I'm very afraid that it'll quickly jump from a bias towards vaccinated, non-vaccinated to, hey, you know what? I know, you know, uh, people of your uh, ethnic background or people of your demographic are usually not vaccinated. So we're just going to avoid you because, you know, chances are, even though we don't talk to you, you may be unvaccinated. Or you may be back. Like, well, it's actually have what they're fighting in New York City now. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, the BLM protesters are protesting against businesses that are enforcing the vaccine passport. It's like, it's just like, it's like completely like flipped the script now. Yeah. Well, Nazi Germany, you going to carry a passport? Yeah. Your papers, please. Mm-hmm. So anybody, so I remember what was the stop and frisk in New York was like the big thing. So yeah. the idea was you could stop and frisk anybody to ask them for ID and they were doing it to people of like you know, ethnicity to, to try to just see what's going on. Are you carrying pot? Are you doing anything like, and they would check them for everything. And it was like, yeah, that, that, that was illegal. Well, now what's it going to be? Stop and show me your passport. Show me, show me your, your COVID passport. Well, mm-hmm. why are you stopping me? Why do you think I am not immunized? Like, can you see that on my face? Like, is it something about, like, is there an indicator? No, we just want to stop you and see. So it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't even seem real the way people are responding to this, but you know, yeah. again, and, and you know, I, I'm trying to stay open-minded about this, but I, you just see people blindly acting like lunatics on both sides and you're like, it's like embarrassed to be on either side of the argument at this point, because everyone's cherry picking their data. They're cherry picking their findings to, yeah. to validate the stance that they have. And I've been guilty of it at times, but I'm still, like I, I can at least acknowledge it. And I'm trying to learn more so I can do the right thing for myself and my family. And good. everything I've seen so far is that I have no comorbidities. This disease has a 0.5% mortality rate. And it's usually for people with comorbidities or are over 65. Right. So why are we stopping the world for that? Like, why are we protecting such a tiny fraction of our population? Like, why are we stopping the world for that? So like, is everyone really just that, that weak and scared? But I equated to, I talked to somebody today, I said, you know what, you know, a lot of people have had um, chicken pox, right? So there's a vaccine for chicken pox, but if you already had chicken pox, would you get the chicken pox vaccine? You don't need it. You'd be like, no, that's actually ridiculous. So the same thing goes through for people that may have had COVID. Now there's another variant, but if you have natural immunity, that's, that's, a little bit more powerful than the specific. I know I'm going to be a doctor now too, because everybody's a doctor. Joe Biden's a doctor right now. Dr. Fauci is one of the doctors. There's a lot of doctors right now. So I guarantee you in Tomorrowland, there's no doctors. There's no freaking COVID. Everybody's hanging out. Feel good, baby. That's all. That's the only doctor that's there. People chilling and feeling the vibe and hanging out, man. Yeah. I had to figure out a way to talk my wife into going to this. I think she would. I think she would too. I think she's down. Millie's Millie's down for this. She 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 loves traveling and hanging out and new experience. I think this might be cool. Yeah. I know what we're gonna do with the puppy. We might bring the puppy. I don't give a shit. Bring Tomorrow the puppy. Night. Give us some glow sticks. It'll be fine. Uh, I want to see that puppy run all over that fucking mountain. Just eh. poof, just roof roof. So it's just funny. So one last follow-up point on the uh, the veil thing. 
So face coverings are, you know, vaccinations required for dining. Now, isn't that also the worst part of the veil experience is to pay like the $35 cheeseburger? So now if you're not vaccinated or don't have the vaccine passport, you can just go and hang out in the parking lot and have a better time eating better, cheaper food. Boom. It's another win. So what do we know about? We know 10th Mountain uh, Distillery. We know uh, a few of the places. There's the one with the, uh, what the hell is the name of that place? There's a lot of cool places there. I'm sure they're not going to turn you away. Yeah. Oh, Vail Brewing right next to our buddies at Taco Truck. Rocky Mountain Taco. Rocky Mountain Taco, yeah. Right next to the weed shop. Fucking love that place. That is a, that is an afternoon right there. Just got to go hang out. Synergy happening in that parking lot right there. That is our prey. That's all our prey right there. Oh my you get God, your tacos, yeah. get your beer, you get your weed, and just hang out in the parking lot and just Life do what you got to do. Life that, is good. It settles itself out. So speaking of Vail, the Epic Pass, we're going to go into the main topic right now. Sure. There was a great article uh, from On the Snow that they put out this week, but they did a really nice, kind of like a buyer's guide. Because, you know, it's getting to that point of the year. Hopefully, you've got your season passes by now. Maybe you haven't. They did a cool little like I said, breakdown talking about the four big ones. You know, the Epic Pass, the Icon Pass, the Indie Pass, and Mountain Collective. Giving you a breakdown of, you know, what you get. You know, who's it really for? Where are the locations? And, you know, obviously price. And it's, it's nice just to see because... You really can figure it out, like, because they answer the questions, like, is this for me? Like, you know, what deals do they have? And, you know, we'll start with the Epic Pass here. And, you know, Epic is obviously for Vail Resorts. And it breaks down all the different locations, you know, the West, USA West, Midwest, East, Rockies, Canada, Southern Hemisphere. And then they also have Europe and Japan. So they have a couple different iterations of the Epic Pass, in case you didn't know. They have the full Epic Pass, which is skiers and riders looking for unlimited access to multi-resorts. Unlimited days at 38 resorts in North America. There are no restrictions in North America. And 26 European resorts have some restrictions, such as tying into lodging packages. And those... Hmm. That that uh, passes eight hundred bucks, and it scales up as you approach the beginning of the season. They have the Epic Local, which is unlimited skiing at twenty five resorts and some ten days total at Vail Resorts flagships. So they have a West, a Midwest, East, and Rockies, and some of them have holiday access restrictions. And I think you can buy. Discounted tickets too. They also have the four on those day, blackouts, right? Yeah, yeah. And they have like the four day passes, which are. I mean, you really. It's, I mean, it's a little bit cheaper. It's three hundred thirty-two bucks. You have some flexibility, and it talks about too. You know, uh, kids are four and under receive a free pass, which is nice. Uh, there's like discounted college student passes. It all depends where you're going to ski, right? You got to look at the resorts and be like, oh, I'm going to hit a lot of those. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice though because it does break it down to, you know, they ask the questions and helps you kind of figure out which pass is better for you. And the next one, of course, is the Icon, which is the Altera Resorts. And let's see, how many are they up to at this point? They have, a, they have a lot of additional ones, too, which is nice. So they have all the Altera Mountain Company Resorts, Aspen Skiing, Boyne Resorts, Powder, Jackson Hole, Alta, Snowbird, A-Basin, Ski Big 3, Revel Stove, Red, Wyndham, Schweitzer, Taos, Zermatt, Threadbow, Mount Bueller, Niseko, Valley Nevado, and New Zealand Ski. So they're all affiliated under the Icon Pass. And they have they don't have quite the range of breakdowns that the Epic Pass has. They have the regular Icon, which is 1049. 
no blackout dates, 15 resorts unlimited, seven days at 29 resorts. Icon Base, 779 with blackout dates, 13 unlimited, five days at 29 resorts. And they have the Icon Session Pass, four day access at 38 resorts for 29. So there's a couple of other, you know, they have a built-in payment plan, which is nice. So you can break it out over the year. And, you know, the question is to you, which one is the better deal? And the answer is, you know, they said be too complicated to ask because it really matters where you're going to be skiing and how much you want to spend. You know, that's really what all of these break down to, unfortunately. Well, actually, fortunately, because... You know, if, if you're the kind of person who is not going to be meeting unlimited days at a certain resort, you can find one that might be a little bit cheaper with some blackout dates. You know, next one, of course, is the Indy Pass, which, you know, we are huge fans of. Love that cool Indy Pass. Thing, and the cool thing is, if you're in the Northeast, I think we looked at there's 16 or so resorts from northeastern Pennsylvania to Maine. Which let's call that drive ten hours. You know, we're going diagonally. But within there, there are sixteen resorts that fall within the Indy Pass, and you get two days at each of those, so you can really ski thirty-two-ish days. I want to see who skis the most. Resorts. I want to see the planning. Yeah, there's definitely some planning involved, and now the Indy Pass is starting to sprout up in other locations too. And what's really a jackpot thing is if you know you live somewhere near one of the indie pass resorts and you buy a season pass at your local mountain and you can tack on an indie pass that seems to be one of the best possible deals you can get if yeah, you can pull that one off oh yeah because i mean indie pass it's 299 and i can see two days or all two all day or all night lift tickets at each resort there, there wow. might be some blackout dates they have an Indy Plus Pass, uh, which has no blackout dates. Hmm. And they have the kids' ones, and they have some add-ons. And I think, too, if you if you do want to get uh, an extra day, you can get 25% off the rack rate for the third day. So there is some, some discounts there. And you can do a layaway plan as well. They must be paid off by November. It's a great plan. I mean, if you're looking for bang for your buck, can't touch the Indy Pass. Oh. We've been we've been huge fans of it. Loved it last year. Looking forward to using it again this year. And then there's one more pass, Mountain Collective, which people sometimes forget. And it's it's I still I get it, but I it's just an interesting. There isn't really the rhyme or the reason as the other passes have. You know, one is you know obviously. Epic Pass is all the Vail Resorts. Icon is based on the Altera, and they added some more. Mountain Collective is 26 U.S. and international ski resorts that make up an A-list of 23 destinations you want to ski or ride. Some with several resorts in one general area, from Sugarloaf, Maine, to Mammoth Mountain, California, from Aspen Snowmass to Jackson Hole, from Sun Peaks, Canada, to Threadville, Australia. That means two days at each of the resorts and 50% off on more tickets and none of those pesky blackouts. All the resorts include lodging deals nearby or on the slopes. So again, if you know you're doing some traveling and you're going to hit some of these places, you got Sugarbush in Vermont, Sugarloaf, Maine, Alta and Snowbird, Utah, A-Basin, Aspen in Colorado, Big Sky, Montana. Grand Targhee and Jackson Hole in Wyoming, Mammoth and Palisade Tahoe in California, Taos, New Mexico. So the Mountain Collective is almost like a combination of the Epic and the Icon, right? It's sort of like all three combined. And the Indy Pass, we get in two days. And the Indy Pass, at each yeah. Of those. yeah. It's pretty interesting. Again, it comes down to where you're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And the Mountain Collective is 589 while teens pay four eighty nine and children under twelve are one sixty nine. Hmm. Yeah. 
They actually have a cool thing called collective treks where you can mix and match resorts for a fun trek, such as combining visits to A Basin, Aspen, and Taos. Oh, it's like add-ons? Well, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you can do like a, figure out a way to do a combo trip if you're going to a particular region. Right. So there they are, the four different passes. Well, and then within them, some of them give discounts to like, you know, lodging and food. And so you got to check them out, like just to see what, what all the benefits are, because there's other benefits to them. So. Yeah. And there's no, there's no cut and dry answer. Now we can hear you. I think the only answer is where are you going to go? Look at where, where you're planning to go. And I've seen people and even ski clubs, like we were talking about, they, they stick to, we're going to support Icon or Epic or Indie or Mountain Collective. And they ride with that when they plan their trips. They're like, you know, most of the trips are on that pass. So it's very, very interesting to see it happen. Uh, I thought it was going to happen, but um, it's very, very big alignment with, with those passes. So definitely see what you're planning this year. Uh, it's planning time. If you, if you haven't been planning I mean, the summer's coming to an end. If you're not looking at where you're going to go soon, uh, you're going to miss out. I mean, it's a lot of places booking up. So, Yeah, there was some stat that we saw from one of the European websites. I think it was the same one that had the Tomorrowland story. Oh. In there. They're saying that I think that bookings for European resorts is up like 29% from last year. Wow. That's huge. It's very big. So I wrote to Tomorrowland. I'm trying to get, uh, make sure we can get in there. There you go. Just let you know. (laughs) Cause we want to go. And if we get in, we're going, we're in, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm calling us in. Then we need to figure out what pass we need to get. If we're going to Tomorrowland. Right. No, I think it's all inclusive. Where you're gonna be out to us, and you're just gonna be hanging out there. It's three different stages, four different stages. Add out to us, ski in, ski out, ski into a concert, ski out to a concert. I love it. Love that thing. Perfect. Perfect. All right, cool. Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast of the week. Thanks so much for listening. Please check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We have a shop there cbumpodcast.com slash shop go to your favorite podcasting apps rate and subscribe we are on the socials Instagram, Twitter, Facebook untapped at Podcast. thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week stay high, stay fluting see ya <laughs>